My name is Tiffany Cooper, and I was obsessed with how people saw me. I was born into an incredible Christian family. In fact, I was a pastor's kid because my parents were in the ministry. I got so much attention and love and affirmation from people. The problem came um, when I was in high school, and all that positive attention and love that I got from people um, kind of made a shift in my mind. And instead of feeling like they were just expressing um, true love for me, I felt like I had to be this perfect person. I, as a pastor's kid, had a lot of weight to carry in representing who God is, who my parents are, and I started to internalize that pressure. I went from being an honor roll student who was lettering in sports, who was going to state and vocal competitions. I went from being that person to being so consumed with what people thought I was. And because of this, I started to seek unhealthy attention from boys. And I felt like their attention was what really validated my worth. And so I got really involved in relationships that I never thought I would get involved in very unhealthy relationships and I also got so consumed in the image of perfection that I started to steal. I would just take little things here and there, things that I felt like would help to uphold this image of what I looked like, um, that I had it all together, um, but inside I was just falling apart. Right before um, a Christmas holiday break, I went to the store and I was just trying to steal all these Christmas gifts from my friends because I knew that they would be exchanging gifts and I had to have this image that I had it together, that um, I could afford to get them gifts. And it was that night that I got caught shoplifting and I felt like my world was falling apart. I just wanted to vanish, I wanted to hide. Um, I was so humiliated um, and full of shame for what my dad would have to walk through as a pastor, having a daughter who was shoplifting. I remember at that breaking point feeling like I had ruined my life, that God no longer had a use for me, that whatever plan he had for me, that would no longer happen because I ruined it all. That started my 10-year journey of healing. And God just slowly helped me and bring me out of my um, total consumption with what I looked like, what people thought I was, and it brought me through this journey of who I really am in Christ. And I remember my freshman year of college just holding tightly to the verse in Jeremiah 29:11, where it talks about that God um, has a plan for me, He has a purpose for me, and. The plan is not to harm me and not to hurt me, but it's to give me a future and to give me a hope. And at that moment, I just knew that all the pain and all of the hurt and the garbage that I was just internalizing, that that wasn't from God, that God had a future for me. He had a plan for me, and I just held tightly to that. And God has been so faithful, and He has taken my garbage and my junk as I've given it to Him and he has given me a bright future and I have hope for even the years to come. My name is Jason Morse and I was an angry husband.
I was raised in a family where anger and men really weren't dealt with properly in a lot of ways. And I remember as a kid growing up hearing all these stories about how my dad fought people growing up. And it was just one of those things that we accepted and that's the way life was. But I'll never forget when I was 11 years old, my dad and I had to walk home from my grandparents' house and he was already a little bit frustrated about a few things and we got home and the door was locked and when he couldn't get in that door, that front door, he handed me the fishing poles we were carrying at that time. And I remember him kicking that door in, literally splintering the door and ripping it off the hinges and throwing the door in the front yard because he was so full of anger and rage. I ran and hid in my bedroom and I, I wouldn't even come out of the bedroom to use the bathroom until I knew my dad was gone from the house. It scared me that bad and that's probably the first moment I realized, and something's wrong with this, but I didn't know how to deal with it. As a year later when it happened to me for the first time, I just totally lost control of my anger. A bunch of us kids were down at the end of the street playing football in an abandoned field and my brother and I got into a little squabble there. and. I was taking care of it and another one of our friends stepped in to say something and I just snapped and I remember taking my friend down to the ground and climbed on top of him and just with this fury that I couldn't control I began to pound his face as hard as I could with both my fists and as fast as I could and to this day I can even still hear I can hear him asking me to stop and telling me he was sorry and I'll never forget guys having to drag me off and when I came to my senses I realized what I'd done, I took off running home and I hid in my bedroom because I scared myself as bad as my dad had scared me that day. It was then that I swore nobody would ever see that again. But still, I wasn't taught how to deal with my anger. It wasn't very long until um, I went off to college and I met my wife there and we got married. And several years later, my wife and I had two kids at this time. We had bought a house and we're remodeling it. My wife comes home one day and she'd been out with a friend and they were picking up some things for the house. And so I was already frustrated. I'd worked a long day, came home to work some more. And my wife came in and just said one thing, not meaning anything by it, but it set me off again. And I had this horrendous, ugly outburst, embarrassed her in front of our friends from church, embarrassed them, made them feel awkward and uncomfortable, and probably hurt my ministry with them forever. And after that outburst, I stormed out of the house. Two days later, I sat down with my wife and I confessed everything. I confessed what I had seen, the things I had hidden from her, the sin that my anger had gotten me into and drug me down to. And I'll never forget the look on her face. I literally, at that moment, was afraid she was going to leave me. She had no idea the man that she had married and the anger that was inside of me. I started going to counseling shortly after that confessing to that counselor, sharing those things, opening up that I was an angry person, full of this rage, and the monster that came out was an ugly beast that was not godly in any means. And I began to share those stories and open up to other men in my life, open up more to my wife, confess more of that to people around me who could help me. I began to see a freedom and a liberation like I'd never known before. My marriage is so much better, so much more open. My wife knows me so much more intimately. My kids aren't living in fear that dad's going to snap in a minute. I'm able to live freely and, and openly and be what God has called me to be. My name is Crystal, and I was abandoned. Unforgiveness can, uh, can eat you up. I grew up without my father. I think he left when I was around two years old. I have one memory of him, 
I was about eight years old and um, we were just driving and she let me know that we were gonna like pick him up or whatever so he got in the car and it was kind of weird you know like oh this is your dad you know like okay so he stayed for about three days and um, I remember we went swimming and he like tossed me around in the pool and it was like the ultimate it was great you know but uh, I remember when he left he left me with like a dollar and a fishing pole I had some bitterness definitely and didn't really ha want to have anything to do with him. I remember seeing other kids, you know, with their dad and and growing up with my brother. We have different fathers and uh, his dad is actually very much active in his life and even today, you know. And so he would get to go on birthdays, holidays and stuff like that and spend time. And I kind of thought, you know, is there something wrong with me? You know, like, why did my dad leave? I mean, there were nights when I cried. Like, I literally, like, I mean, I just, I didn't know why. You know, I mean, and it, obviously it's still really deep today. I mean, I, I, it still hurts, you know. And, I mean, that's just that's just the awesomeness of God because it can still hurt, but you can still have forgiveness. You know, like I still I feel for him. I mean, like he's not here to see, you know, an awesome granddaughter, and you know I'm doing awesome things, and I turned out okay. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of me really finding, like, who I am in God and in Christ and just knowing that God is my Father. And when you have Him and He fills all your voids, you're just able to have forgiveness for other people, like, when you re and really embrace and see how I don't deserve forgiveness myself, but God can extend it to me, so I need to extend it to others, and it's definitely a process. If you dwell on things, you can't progress. I mean, you have to let it go. So I just feel like in God showing me that and me just laying it down, that, I mean, he took it. God just can give you a peace, like, that passes all understanding. So once you uh, let it go. Today, I just feel like if I saw my dad or was able to meet him, I'd just run up to him and give him a big hug, and we'd just start from there. And I just, I know it's God, you know, that, that can do that. My name is Shelby, and I was a drug addict. No one plans to be a drug addict, or, you know, that's something that kind of happens over time in small increments, you know. I can remember back when I first drank my first beer, how I hated it. And so what I decided to do was pour it off in the crack of the couch in between the cushions. And the guys looked at me and said, hey, Shelby, what are you doing? My first thought was, hey, look, I told you I did not like beer. These are the same people that I chose to continue to hang around. And so before too long, I got pretty good at drinking. Uh, along with that, at the same time, I was smoking marijuana. You know, after a period of time, you know, you want to intensify uh, the high. And so I began to experiment with other drugs, pills, cocaine almost lost my, my marriage because of it. I almost lost my home because of it. Everything good I had in my life, I was destroying it. I had a good friend that come over to my house and he asked me a question. He said, Shelby, can you quit for a week? 
And so I figured this. I said, well, I'm just going to finish getting high with the drugs I have here, and I'll quit tomorrow. Well, the next day came, I continued to get high. So I just said to myself, I'll just quit when the weekend get here. Well, the weekend came, and I was still getting high. The next week came, the next week came, and the next month came, and, and I found myself still getting high. And it was at that point when I realized that, you know what, I can't quit. And it scared me. It absolutely scared me. It wasn't until one day I had a run-in with, with the law enforcement. My family found out about it. My kids found out about it. And, uh, and I had promised them uh, that I wouldn't do that anymore. Well, that was a lie. It wasn't too long after that that I was back doing my, doing my thing again. My son walked in on me one day, and he looked me square in the eye, and he said, Daddy, I, I thought you said you wasn't going to do that anymore. And it just broke me. And I realized that, man, I got to do something else. You know, my kids deserve better. My, my wife de deserves better. You know, I deserve better than this. Um, there was a little church that I was really drawn to. And I can just remember going to that church one Sunday. And as I was going down, I remember saying this, God, here I am. I'm a mess. What are you going to do with me? I tried to clean myself up. I couldn't, you know. Uh, so I gave myself to God. Was it an instant deliverance? No. It was a, for me, it was a process. But I can say today, I'm 55 years old, and I have 20 years of sobriety. And I just owe it all to God. My name is Chris, and I had marital problems. Well, me and my wife, Jamie, we've been married for uh, eight years. And throughout our marriage, you know, every marriage has disagreements and have fights. I'd say for the first seven years, we would kind of have just these recurring blow-ups. Um, but it was like it was okay. It was like, this is just normal. This is just marriage. This is just what people go through. It's just all a part of the process. And in this last year, um, it just seemed like the, the fights became bigger. Now it was like he would say something and I would put my defenses up and instead of being hurt, I would just try to say something that would hurt him more. And I'm flipping out. I'm, I'm using words that are, that, are, that are hateful and that are really hurting my wife. It just really started to affect me and I started to really notice my feelings for Chris being affected. It kind of just felt like that's fine, you know, say what you want to say. I started to put my defenses up. I didn't feel like he was meeting all of my emotional needs, so I wasn't going to make any extra effort to meet his emotional needs because I had two kids that needed my undivided attention. I felt my heart shutting off. I felt like we were getting to a place where we were roommates and we were just coexisting. Finally, just one day, we had got to an argument and I felt like he had said some hurtful things and I had said some hurtful things and I just said, I can't do this. 
we have got to go to counseling because I, I can't live like this. And To me, that was like our marriage is in trouble. To me, that was like this, this is not just a little issue that we just, you know, just kind of deal with that married folks just go through. But it was a definite, like, slap in the face of this has to change. This can't keep going. And so I said to her, I said, let's go to counseling. And so we met with Shelby. And it was incredible because all he did was direct us to the Word. <laughs> he would open up a verse and say, Chris, read this. And Chris would read a verse about honoring your wife and treating her the way Christ treats the church. And as he was reading it, you could just hear God breaking him. And you could hear God working on his heart. And then he would open up another verse and he would say, Jamie, read this. And it was about being a wife that upholds her husband and that honors him. And, and really the whole counseling session, that's what it was. It was through what does God say about being a godly husband and, and a godly wife. And as we hashed out those things and as we talked through them, both of us realizing that we have a part to play and that really we're accountable for our own actions. It was like these revelations were hitting us as we're sitting in this counseling meeting. You know, for me, the, the revelations that and I should never be flipping out or going off with my wife or talking to her in a demeaning tone or lashing out on her or, you know, saying things that are, that are hurtful, that I have to have more control over my tongue. But at the end, we really left that, that counseling session realizing what we needed to do to really love the other person. We've been doing that. We've been making small efforts. I feel like that's something that Chris has been very intentional about, encouraging me, lifting me up. He prays for me every morning, prays over the great mom he thinks I am, prays over the great wife he believes I am. That means a lot. It builds me up, and it's just incredible because I feel like God's taken us from what was a two out of a ten to a seven or an eight out of a ten. Yeah, we've still got room to grow, but I feel like we're doing it. I remember the morning when we had the counseling session and waking up that morning and just thoughts of, is this going to work? Thoughts of, I don't want to talk about this and feeling embarrassed and feeling pain and just all these different emotions. It was a it was a very solemn morning. Matter of fact, we didn't, we didn't Jamie and I didn't talk very much and we got in the car and we dropped the kids off at a friend's house and then we, we drove to the session and even the car ride, there just wasn't a lot of talking. It was just very quiet. We pulled up and we said a prayer together before we walked in and I remember even walking in just like just again, just just dreading going in and confessing to someone else what we were facing. We you know tried to avoid this for years. You know, like no, it's not a big deal. But realizing it it is a big deal and something has to change. And I remember just again just feeling shame and and guilt and pain and just and just all these emotions. And then you know walking in and and sitting down and then just talking through this the stuff that was going on. And as Jamie said in the video, just looking at scripture. And I remember as we just started looking at the scripture and. And just talking it out and, and having the counselor there with us, how, how just, just started to, just to feel hope. And that through that process, just started to feel 
healing and, and walking into a session where I was dreading it, but then walking out of it with, with hope and the beginning of the healing process and, and just walking out in, in, in freedom now that it was out there and we had talked about it and we were getting help with it. And, and just even today now being able just to, to live in a new freedom in, in my marriage and with my wife and just thankful for what God is doing in, in each and one of our lives and that, and that now that, that yes, there's, there's still tears and emotions when I think about it, but there's this new freedom now and excitement about what God is doing in and through our lives. And, and I want you to know that it's the heart of God that all of us would walk in freedom. And for some of us in the situations and the things that we're going through, confession is, is the beginning part of that, of, of walking in that freedom. And, and so I want you to know that today. Midwest City, those of you watching online, I want you to know it's the heart of God for you to walk in freedom and to live in freedom. And so as we wrap up this series, confessions, I want to share with you two ways confession helps us walk in freedom. Two ways that confession helps us walk in freedom. And the first way is that confession leads to healing. Confession leads to healing. It's actually the first step towards healing. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. The Bible says when we confess to God, He will forgive us and cleanse us. He heals us. He heals us of our guilt, of our shame, of our hurt and our pain and and all those things that we are feeling. And the challenge with confession is that confession is tough. It's tough. There's lots of emotions, lots of things that can go with it. There's, There's pain. There's embarrassment. There may be consequences. I mean, there's so much that, that goes with it. But I want you to hear today that all of those feelings and those emotions and those difficult things, they are all worth the healing that we will find from God when we confess to Him. Everyone that I have talked to that has talked about confession has mentioned that, yes, it was hard, but it was worth it. It was the best thing. That they've, that they've ever done. And I know for us, again, it was, it was hard. It was very hard. But it's the best thing we could have done for our marriage. It was the right thing. It was what we needed to do to find the healing and the walk and the freedom that God wanted me and Jamie to have. And so it is difficult. Confessing an addiction. That's tough. Maybe an addiction to pornography. That's, that's uncomfortable. To confess to God. You've got to come face to face with this sin and this junk and... It's difficult, but it's worth the healing. It's worth the healing. It's worth being free from that addiction. Confessing to God, having marital struggles, 